Hi. Welcome, everyone. Again, take two. Sit back I don't know what happened, but thanks for sticking around and coming back. Super appreciate it. Um, again, as I was saying, completely, um, we're just going to go with the flow. So this is this is what's happening. I'm going to start the intro over and hope that it sticks this time. Um, so welcome to the Let Us Rest podcast. We are going to be talking about rest in all forms, whether it's sleep or meditation or what have you. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. We're also going to be discussing the power of slowing down and the impact that can have on our community. Um, I'm joined today by Monte, who is going to introduce herself shortly. Um, again, this is an entirely self-funded project. Um, all my guests are paid, and I also pay for transcription services for all of the episodes. So if you're able to support, there's a link in my bio. Um, you can go to my Venmo and support that way or PayPal or Patreon, whatever makes the most sense for you. Just wanted to reiterate that because this is going to be recorded for SoundCloud, and I want to make sure that they hear the introduction as well. Shout out to the SoundCloud listeners. You got to skip the technological issues at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> um, so with all that being said, again... Monse, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, totally. Thanks for your flexibility and patience with all this tech stuff. Piali, um, everyone. My name is Montserrat Alvarez Matewala, um, also known as Monse. Um, I currently reside in so called Boulder, Colorado, the ancestral lands of the Arapaho, Cheyenne, Ute, Apache, and others who travel through this area. Um, I work in the outdoor industry. Um, uh, I also just like am invested in my communities here through the outdoors and outside of the outdoors. Um, I am part of the national leadership team for Broncos Climb. Um, I am a volunteer with Latino Outdoors. Um, and yeah, I, I think like outside, like that's like my like spiel within the outdoor industry, outside of the outdoor industry. Um, I'm also like, a daughter, a sister, um, a partner, a cousin, an auntie, a community organizer, um, danzante. Um, yeah, I, I like wear many roles, and I think that uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm also brujita. Yeah, like um, continuing to work in all aspects of my life and the ways that I show up. So. Um, I really don't know sometimes how much to share for my introduction, but I feel like that that's what I got right now. Um, I uh, grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, and my family comes um, through California where I was born in um, Oxnard, California, um, and my family comes through um, so-called Mexico, our ancestral lands, um, our in the Eastland or Mexico City, um, and a little bit up north um, in the ancestral lands of the Huachachil nation. So um, I do identify as mixed race indígena um, with Huachachil and Mexica ancestral roots. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. That is oh, so, so many hats that we all wear. You're like listing all of these like titles and roles that you have. And I'm just like, wow. This is why I'm so glad that you're on this podcast. I'm so excited to have you as my first guest. Thank you for being brave and stepping up to be first. Um, yeah, so this podcast was kind of inspired by a lot of conversations that I've had with you and other friends um, about my 
you know, rest journey and like encouraging people to rest, which was started by um, kind of my interest in the Nat Ministry, which is an Instagram account. And, you know, uh, they do a lot of different things. I know them on Instagram. They're called the Nat Ministry. Um, so I kind of started there with like naps are resistance, naps are revolution. So I want to know when is the last time you took a nap? Um, when I saw your questions that you sent to me, I was like, Marina. I was like, she told me. Um, I cannot remember the last time I took a nap. Okay. That's okay. I'm not. I'm not here to scold you. I'm no, not here to like judge anybody's I, rest but practices. Like, mainly because you're, you know, you're my homegirl. Like I play like that with you. If it was like some other, yeah, I'd be like, mm, swerve. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I think I honestly could not remember the last time I took a nap. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. Um, everybody rests differently. Everybody's rest practices are different. Um, I'm just personally, I'm really into naps. So I thought that would be like a good jumping in point. Um, also, if other folks have questions, please use the question button on Instagram because um, I'm not going to be keeping up with the chat, but I do want to get to questions at the end. So if you have any questions you want to ask or anything you want to share, just put it in the question button and we'll check it at the end. Um, so what are your earliest memories around rest? Um, yeah, I, it was actually, I really loved your questions and I took some time to sit with them and um there's a lot of times and I don't know if you if you have this but there are a lot of memories that come to me in dreams Um, especially like early childhood memories that come to me in dreams like I think like the dream world um is where I get my rest and I'm like jumping a little bit ahead so like naps is definitely like I don't typically nap but when I sleep I like try to like be really intentional about my sleep routine and where I go to sleep and my space. And, um, I think a lot of memories come to me in dreams. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking, um, about this a lot and the earliest memory I have slash dream I have, um, was when I was a little girl and my mom would get me into the bathtub and I just remember taking baths and getting ready for bed. And she would always bring the bottle of lotion. And you know how it has like the little, like the little top? And she would put little dots of lotion all throughout my body and just like put them like all the way through, like around my face and just like down my body, down my arms, down my leg. And um, I always, that was like my favorite part, like a bedtime routine would be like her putting lotion all over my body. And I would just like stand there after the bathtub and she would just put it all over my body. And then like, and I knew that it, like right after that, she was just going to smear it all on my skin. Um, and that was like the most exciting part was just like taking it all out and just like all over <laughs> myself and putting pajamas. And I remember the first bed that my mom got me um and I like I remember like the color and I remember what sheet was on it um because I remember how much it meant for my mom to be able to get me like my own bed and like my own space um yeah and that was like the earliest memory I have of getting ready to go to bed and getting ready to to get some rest 
That's really beautiful. Thank you. I'm just like imagining your mom, like kind of like giving you a little massage before you go to bed to kind of help your body relax. That sounds so nice. Yeah. Uh, that's really beautiful. Thank you. Um, so thinking back to your earliest kind of like bedtime routine, your rest rituals, how has that informed the rest practices that you have today? Yeah, I think that, um, I, yeah, I think because of a lot of the questions that you started prompting, I started like connecting things. Um, I think I've always been really sensitive to where I sleep, um, like energetically, noise-wise, like everything. Um, I, like, I definitely have like my bedtime routine. Um, like I washed my face, I cleanse my space, like whether... I like burn some medicine or light a little candle. Um, last year, I tried really hard to keep up with um, giving things uh, for five things before I went to bed um, and just trying to practice, like, just being thankful for the things that I have in my life. Um, and I can, I can say, like, I definitely fell off of that this year. Um, with everything that was going on. But last year, I think I did a really good job of just like taking the time um, to give thanks, uh, make time for that. Um, and I have like in my room, I have my altar space, like my, my room is like really sacred. Um, I think like I don't really let a whole lot of people into my room, into my bedroom. Um, I live in a house with four other people and every space of our home is pretty open. Um, and my bedroom is just like a space. Um, and I, and I tried to keep it like that. I have, um, you know, like my medicine protecting my, my bed, protecting my dreams, protecting my windows. Um, and those things matter to me. And I think more and so like, as I go to bed, even when I don't sleep in my room, I bring a lot of the things with me. Um, like if I'm backpacking and especially when I was doing 25 day trips, um, I would bring my things that would help me continue my routine, even though I wasn't at home in my bedroom. Um, and those things are really special to me, um, and just maintaining my sleep and maintaining my rest and like my routine to, to keep my space like sacred and cleansed and grounded um, because my dreams can take me in such weird and wild adventures. Mm. It's so interesting. It seems like ritual is a really important part of your rest practice, especially around bedtime. Um, do you want to share any of the things that you like to bring with you when you're traveling that help you kind of prepare for bed? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I wonder if my sister Thalia is still here. Um, yeah, she put me on, um, so I used to sleep a lot, like, before I would have, um, like, different crystals under my pillows, so I would bring those with me on my 25-day trips. Um, like, I will bring certain medicine well to just burn and cleanse the space wherever I am. Um, and yeah, I put a lot of crystals under my pillow, um, in my sleeping bag when I would do my 25 day trips, I would put them in my little pocket. Um, um, I also like, you know, sleep is like a complicated relationship for me. Um, and I definitely have like a lot of, of my, a lot of my PTSD like showed up in my sleep cycles. Um, and so 
I, for a really long time, I would have a lot of, like, vivid nightmares and, or, like, early childhood memories of, like, traumatic events that would always come up for me in my dreams. Um, and so I'd use, like, tourmaline um, and obsidian and this other different different crystals to call in different things for what's going on. Like, if I my heart is feeling heavy and I'm feeling, like, sad and I need to, like, you know, bring some, like, yeah, like I have like a heartache or things are feeling very like rooted in like my heart, then I might bring in some rose quartz. Um, yeah, I think like, you know, crystals are for sure like a thing that I bring with me when I travel. And yeah, just burning different medicines in the space where I am. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Thank you. Um, something that I'm trying to incorporate too. I just got this like room spray and I'm trying to like spray that before I go to bed so that I can kind of tell my brain like this is the time of the day when we're going to lay down and rest. Um, So it's something I'm trying to incorporate into my practice, especially as someone who like is so um, mobile. I move around quite a lot. So like having something that's consistent is very helpful. Um, You were talking about your skincare routine and I was just wondering if like, you see a connection between kind of like applying like lotion or oils to your face and like rubbing those in to your early memories from when your mom would kind of like put lotion on you and help you relax that way before bed. Yeah, I didn't, but it makes so much sense now that you put it that way. Um, like for sure. I like, I washed my face and I made this really dope like face serum um, with Mm. Um, I really like I have like my little pocket theory here um, I see that Talia is still on there and she's talking about aromatherapy yeah like I was shaking my head because I was like yeah like I also have my little box of like different medicines that I've made to carry with me um, and different like essential oils and like that I use to like cleanse the space um, and uh, my face serum I ended up making this like super awesome like face serum with like vitamin E and rose quartz essence, um, rose petals, um, jasmine, grapeseed oil. Um, yeah, I like made it. Sounds amazing. Yeah, I am. Um, no one else has had access to it. I actually just took Talia. Um, she's the only other person who's been able to try it. But um, I've just been tracking my own medicine here, um, and. That is, like, uh, when I get out of the shower and I just, like, put it on my face and just, like, work it in and then spritz a little rose water on my face. It's, like, mm. the best feeling ever. Oh, that sounds so nice. I have this um, nettle and rose water mist that I got from Cow It's Made. I love that. That's, like, my final spritz of the night. But that sounds amazing. I may have to hit you up for um, one of those serums yeah. at some point. Yeah, sure. More like I just I made like a little batch for myself, um, and I just I gotta make more stuff. <laughs> so outside of like sleep and bedtime, what are some of the other rest practices that you try to incorporate into your life? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest one of the biggest things that like sometimes can feel hard to like reconcile whether it's like resting or not. Um, I am going to move. I'm going to try to go outside again and see if Griselda loves me be out there. Um, mm-hmm. Is I think a lot about, um, like, my connection to the outdoors. And sometimes it can also feel like it's not necessarily rest when, like, a 
other things are going on. Um, but as of lately, like being outside and being in nature to me is like an essential. I'm so sorry. I'm like everyone's just made the announcement that I'm here. Um, you know, there were very special, several special requests for you to include your chickens and ducks. So I'm not upset about it. And I don't think many other people are. They can come and sit with us. <laughs> they see me sitting down on the ground, they'll come. Um, but I think like, uh, ooh, sorry. <laughs> um, I think a lot about... Um, um, yeah, I just think a lot about, like, for me, being outside is resting. Um, and that, that's an extension of, like, my self-care. And, and being outside is, like, a big source of rest for me. Because I take some time to disconnect from my phone, to disconnect from the world, to disconnect from interacting with people. Like, I intentionally feel like I go to places where there aren't as many people where I have to interact or possibly have, like, experience aggressions or microaggressions. Um, and as of lately, this backyard is my place where I like to rest. Um, I like been investing a lot of time into, into fixing and loving on our backyard. And, um, yeah, it's like a really big source of rest for me, even though like just cleaning out the poop or coming and sitting down and cutting these two, like those are all an extension of like being on the earth and having my hands in the dirt or just honestly, chicken and duck TV is like the best thing right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's so cute. Um yeah, I'm glad that that's providing a source of rest because I think, like like you were saying, like you you don't really nap, but there are so many other ways that we can rest. And rest is, I mean, like this might be a controversial take, but I feel like rest can be active. So if your rest is, you know, taking time away from a certain situation or certain people and just spending time doing something else, I think that can also be a form of rest as well. Totally. Um, yeah. Next question. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes here because I'm not a professional and I'm just trying to figure this out. So I wrote notes. Um, what would you say you used to guide your rest practices? Is there anything in particular? Yeah, um, I do actually. I'm going to relocate because can you hear me over Griselda quacking? Okay. Mm. Kind of needy. <laughs> You know what? I'm in a shared space as well. There's background noise here too, so we're just we're just gonna roll with it. I'm gonna come over to the little hammock. Um, yeah, I feel like the stuff that really guides my practices, honestly, is is looking and learning from my mom. Um, she like she historically has not been the best at like taking care of herself and resting. Um. And she's come a really long way. Um, and I guess I want to share a little bit about her story and like why I look to her for a lot of learnings. Um, she is an immigrant. She, you know, she's a single mom. Um, she's an undocumented, undocumented mother. Um, you know, the grind has always been her life. Um, to be real with y'all, like. She's always worked one and a half to two jobs. Um, 
gone to night school, like just always doing her thing to to survive and to provide a better life for me and my brother. Um, and through that, I don't feel like she's always been the best at resting and slowing down and really practicing self-preservation. Um, she's also an organizer. Like my, my mom goes hard. Like literally this lady does not stop. Um, and I think I look to her a lot to for learnings and what I can do better. And me and her have a lot of really open conversations um, about what that looks like, you know, and, and she'll, she'll openly say, I want you to do this different because I want you to have a different life than I did. Um, and that's like something that I look to a lot is like the ways that she tries to show up and yeah, and, and like teach me in every extension of the word. I mean, she's constantly like showing up in different ways. Um, and, you know, I think like she guides a lot of like what to do and what not to do in a way that is very transparent um, as my mother. And, you know, like um, this is kind of fresh in my mind and I totally forgot to text you about it beforehand. Um, but I'm bringing it up because it, it's related to rest. Um, my mom uh, was really sick. Uh, she's been sick for almost two weeks now, I guess, like a week and a half. Um, and she got a positive result for COVID on Monday. Um, and she's been sick. Like by the time she got a positive result, she'd already been in bed for a week. Um, mm. And her boss was asking her to come back to work. Um, and, you know, I had to, I had to have like a really serious conversation with her around like, whether this is COVID or not, like you're sick. I'm like, why, why would you go back to work? Um, and, you know, there's a lot of pressure, especially when, when it comes to the way that um, immigrants, especially like undocumented immigrants are treated in this country and seen as like disposable labor and just disposable people and not seen as humans. Um, and this like idea that she was like expected to go back to work, even though she was like really sick, um, was, Sort. Am I back? Okay. Um, that was just really ridiculous to me. Um, and you know, I think there's a, like that was like a really big lesson for me, and also a reminder of like how privileged I am and how much she sacrificed so that I have a job where I could take PTO off and I'll still get paid or I, I have sick leave, or I have, like, a supervisor who's, like, you know, flexible and understanding and doesn't see me as, like, a disposable piece of something. Um, and I feel like a lot of that has really informed the ways that I just remember that, like, self-preservation is, like, an act of resistance. And mm. that, like... And, and, like, again, I say this like, as a reminder to myself because, like, I am exhausted. Like, the last three weeks like have just been a whirlwind um and and I'm working to just be better about slowing down and also just like refilling my cup um you know I again like my mom she's really set an example for who I am and how I show up in this world and um she's really supported me from as a child like being active and vocal and so I've been organizing since I was 12 
And I can remember like in high school and college, just like being so burned out from organizing like protest after protest, um, you know, press conferences, like, uh, like teach-ins, like, you know, rallies and traveling to support this or that. And like, I just remember being so exhausted and like in every extension of the word, and also, like, not really taking care of myself with everything from, like, not sleeping to not slowing down to not eating good food that helped me be fueled for the revolution, like, straight up. And, like, I remember for a long time, like, you know, my mom just kind of, like, silently let me figure my own stuff out. And I remember one day just being so, like, sad and broken down and just burned out. And you know, she's been organizing since she was a teenager in Mexico City. And her just being like, yeah, like, you gotta take care of yourself, you have to slow down. And like, you know, I think that like the really funny thing is like, probably like one of the people who's like, right now, like in my, like my really big support network, Thalia is probably sitting here like, sis, why aren't you like taking these things and like, practicing them and I'm like yeah like I gotta remind myself sometimes you know I gotta catch myself like when I'm not when I'm not doing the things that I say I want to do and show up the ways I want to show up and show up the ways that my mom taught me to show up and self-preserve um but I like two weekends ago I like was just like I need to get out of town and my partner and I just packed up our car and went and like left town and went to some hot springs. And it was like everything that I know I needed but wasn't doing for myself. And it was just a reminder of like, I know better and so I should do better. And I should also support my people around me and bring them with me to do these things because I think a lot about how, um, you know, access to resting and like the act of resting is, is resistance and also it's not accessible by all. And I know that mm. through like my own family and the way that I see my like undocu mom grind every single day and she, how she's not allowed to slow down even when she's like sick. And yeah, I think, I think about that a lot. Um, so I feel that so that's what guides my what was that? my my care practices and my resting practices. <laughs> sorry, that was like a um, well. First, I'm I'm sorry to hear that about your mom. I hope that um she's I hope that she's resting comfortably and that she's um hopefully recovering soon. Um, can you hear me? Okay, your camera froze, um, but if you can hear me, then we'll keep going. Okay, um, I'm sorry to hear that about your mom. I'm sorry that she's not doing well. Um, but I think you bring up a really, and I think you bring up a really good point about how rest is such a privilege. Um, it shouldn't be, but that's the world that we live in. Capitalism is king. Um, we all live in that system. And so rest is a privilege. Um, and yeah, having access to paid time away from your job or having the ability to even say, no, I can't come into work today without worrying about being fired. Um, 
is such a privilege. So I think that that's a, that's a really good point. Um, I was going to comment on something else that you said. Oh, um, yes. Rust is resistance. That's the next thing we we're going to talk about. It's a perfect segue. Rust is anti-capitalist. Um, capitalism tells us that we need to work 40 hours a week minimum, oftentimes more than that. And we need to work on the weekends and then we need to have a hobby that is also working. And like, it just tells us to grind and grind and grind until we can't anymore. And then get out of the way because it's time for somebody else to keep grinding. Um, so how, I guess when, when we say rest is resistance, what does that mean for you? Yeah, I think a lot about, um, I think a lot about wanting to be around for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I think, a, I think a lot about the ways that are, everything, <laughs> like, like racism, like literally impacts your health and like this world impacts our health. And so if you don't take care of yourself to slow down, like who knows how long you're really going to be around. And so to me, when I say that rest is resistance, it means that rest is resistance because it means that I'm going to be around for a while. Like I'm going to live to be an elder in my community and I'm going to be around to support the next the next generation of young people. And that, yeah, I'll be around to like, take care of my mom and then I'll be around to be around for my brother um you know I think I think a lot about the dreams and goals that I have for my life and for my communities and for my family and so when I say that rest is resistance it means that I can continue to imagine what it looks like for me to be around in the future Um, And I think a lot about Adrienne Marie Brown and like the concept of like radical imagination and that like we can imagine ourselves being around for a long time rather than like thinking that something's going to happen to us. And that's like the reality, right? And um, I think a lot about the folks who don't have the ability to slow down the folks who don't have the ability to certain things that could support them in, in self-preservation um, and, like, the amounts of lives that we've lost to, like, these systems, like, white supremacy and the patriarchy and capitalism. Because, um, yeah, our bodies are seen as disposable. Like, we're seen as disposable. And so when we rest and we take care of ourselves and we slow down and we say no, I'm not disposable, I'm a human being with needs and desires and dreams, then we radically imagine ourselves being part of the future that that includes us in that narrative. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I think of when I think of less resistance. Yeah, I think, I think it brings up a lot of the same things for me as well. Like you were talking about the future. I've been reading a lot about um, Afrofuturism and Indigenous futurism. Like there are Black people in their future. There are Indigenous people in the future. And we need to, um, you know, keep that in mind when we are imagining, when we're practicing like our radical imagining. Um, and I think to your point about like self-preservation, you know, this country has done so much to 
to, um, you know, do away and dispose of black people from slavery to Jim Crow and all of the other systemic um, issues that, that the black community faces that just negatively impact our health, same for the indigenous community as well. Um, so when we rest as an act of self-preservation, when we rest to preserve our health and our well-being, that is fighting back against the systems that are in place to do the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely, that resonates for me as well. Um, what are some ways that you think we can incorporate rest collectively? So I know, like we talk about, about self-care and like our own individual rest practices, but as far as like community care, what can we do collectively to incorporate rest as a form of liberation? I think the first thing that comes to me is like normalizing rest. I, I feel like, um, and this is just one example, I think there's an extension of those things, but like um, someone at my office was going to take like two days off or something and another person was like, wow, you're going to take two days off. And like, it didn't, it didn't quite sit with me, right? Like instead of saying like, wow, I'm so happy that you're taking two days off because we've had really long days. Um, and I feel like there's been other instances, right, where, like, um, I feel like people feel shame for taking care of themselves. Um, and I've been trying to, like, work through that. Um, you know, when, when we decided to leave town two weeks ago and go to these hot springs, I, I felt really conflicted. Like, I was just like, uh, like, should we stay? Should we go? Like, I don't really know. Like, but we've also been going hard. And, like, again, it's like the lack of normalizing rest really brings a lot of shame and guilt when people decide to rest. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's something we can and should work on as a community in changing Um, and saying, hey, it's okay if you like can't make it to something. It's okay if you need to leave town. It's okay if you don't respond back to me for two weeks. Like, you know, I think I have a lot of friends um, and that goes into my second point is like, supporting people and putting up boundaries as a community or individuals, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I think, like, you know, I've definitely been that friend who, like, doesn't respond back to text messages for, like, a week or two. And I think those those are my ways of putting up boundaries and being, like, yo, I don't want to talk about this right now. Like, I'm tired. And, like, you know, I think one thing that's been really evident for me is, like, my people, like, my circle, like, the people who are around me are, like, yeah, do your thing, like, we understand, but then, like, other people who maybe don't really get it, like, are, like, upset because you don't respond back to them immediately, and, like, um, I think it's, like, this idea as well that, like, we have to make ourselves accessible to everyone all the time, um, Mm. and that's just not fair, we're humans with needs and we're humans and we like sometimes we need different things and we're allowed to change we're allowed to say hey this week I'm available to you and remember that one time I said you could always call me well I'm going through it this week and unfortunately like I can't really talk to you right now and I think as a community we also need to learn to be more gentle with each other um and be more considerate of all the things that are going on in our lives like um, I was talking to a friend earlier 
Um, and, you know, she's really going through it with her, with her family and, like, all the things that are going on. And, you know, she said, when it rains, of course. And I was like, yeah, but, like, if folks don't take the time to check in with their people and know what's really going on, then um, I think there's a lack of, like, empathy and kindness because we feel like everyone always has to, one, let us know where they're at and what's going on in their life. And that, that might not be realistic. They might not be able to want to tell us everything that's going on. So when they tell you, hey, I don't have capacity for this right now, respect that. Like, be kind. Like, respect people's boundaries and be kind to each other. Um, yeah, those are, like, the, the things that kind of come to mind for me. Yeah, I love that you brought up boundaries because I've been trying to do a lot of, like, boundary work and set boundaries, especially around, um, you know, all the different jobs that I have. Um, and even to the point where, like, I, I work with a lot of my friends. Like, you and I are friends, but we're also we're coworkers. Um, to the point where I have, like, been texting with a friend about something social, and then they're like, hey, did you read this email that I sent you? And I have to be like, this is not work time right now. If you want to talk about email, let's talk about it on, you know, Slack or send me another follow-up email or something to kind of set those boundaries because, um, yeah, I don't want I don't want those lines to blur. I want, like, my personal rest time and then, like, my work time. And I think that that is a really important aspect to developing our rest practices. Mm-hmm. Um, we are kind of wrapping things up a little bit. So if anybody does have questions, use the question button um, and submit any questions or comments that you have and we'll wrap it. We'll do those at the very end. Um, this though was not included on my list, but I want to get your take on it because I feel like you'll have a good one. What do you think about rest as a form of environmental justice? Mm. Rest as a form of environmental justice. And I can say more if you want to sit with that. Yeah, tell me more. Um, what do you think? Yes. Well, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, another podcast about um, rest. It was with uh, Trisha, I believe her name is, is the Nat Bishop, the founder of the Nat Ministry. And she was talking about how, like, when we as humans slow down, like, with this, um, with, you know, like, the social distancing and the kind of, like, quarantining that we've been doing, we see the positive outcome it has on the environment. We're extracting less because we're using fewer resources. Mm-hmm. We're using less fossil fuels. We're putting out less pollution. So um, she was just talking about how rest is not only resistance against capitalism and that it preserves ourselves, it's also a way that we can preserve the land as well. Mm. So I'm just wondering if you have thoughts on that or if anybody else in the comments wants to say anything. That's, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I'd be curious if other folks have thoughts about it. Um, I think I saw, I'm like, I think I saw Crystal in here and she does a lot of work around like environmental justice work and the impacts that it has on kids um like young young children and young adults um and like their ability to be able to be present in school so I can I mean I, I feel like it's, it's all interconnected right like so like the and it sucks to say but like so much of what humans do has an impact on everything else around us especially um the earth the the fear that the men seem like um and it makes a lot of sense like it it does to me it makes a lot of sense that like when we slow down that we also collectively slow down and that collective slowing down and the like yeah I think like I think a lot about like pollution and energy and motion and like how those things when they're also hauled it has an impact on everything around us right when we think about the earth we also think about the more than human world 
and what it looks like to be held accountable to, to resting and do you want to be held accountable to resting? Um, I think those are all questions that I hope folks ask themselves. Um, and I personally have, I'm really excited. I know that probably people don't want to hear this, but like, I'm kind of excited. I'm getting furloughed for two weeks. Um, and I'm like secretly really happy. Like, I don't know how I feel about saying that out loud. Um, because I know it's a huge privilege for me to be able to apply for unemployment right now. Um, but I don't think, I was trying to remember like the last time I went on vacation, which was a year ago. Um, and it was the longest vacation I've been on. It was like a week long. And before that, I can't remember. Like, I don't feel like I've really treated myself to like a real vacation or like have actually taken the time to like slow down or went when I am taking a trip and like not trying to do the absolute most. And so I have like a plan to hold myself accountable to resting um, because I can't work, like I legally cannot work. Um, and so I'm like literally telling myself, do not try to fill up your days with things to do. Do not try to fill up your days with things to do. And I know you were on furlough so I don't know recommendations on how to navigate that. And like, you know, mine was only for two, mine is only going to be for two weeks. So at least I know when I'm going back to work. Um, and I know that's, again, that's like another sense of security privilege for me. Um, but I'm having a really hard time. That's, I mean, that's completely understandable because I mean, this is, it's a change. You're so used to what's familiar and, you know, you go to work every day, every couple of days. Um, and so having that change is probably going to be a bit of a shock to your system. Um, especially for someone like you, who, like we were talking about at the very beginning, you do so much in the community. Um, I took last week off from work and in that week managed to start an entirely new job. Um, I had like set up this whole plan. I'd signed up for like some online community spaces and like a painting class and all this stuff that I was going to like do to just relax and chill and just do stuff that I wanted to do and ended up um, finding a whole new job. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm the best person to provide any advice. I think finding someone that can help hold you accountable. Um, Jael, she's one of my best friends. You know her as well. She's on the board of Brown Girls Climb with us. She is one who's always checking in on me, like reminding me to rest, reminding me I need to stop and eat and drink water. water and things like that. So, um, my advice would be to find someone, not me, because clearly I'm not. one um, who can check in on you outside of you know your your physical communities someone who can check in and just say hey I hope that you're finding time to rest in whatever way that is for you or or whatever kind of reminders you need that would be my, my advice okay. Wait, I, I want to hear I want to hear about this last new job that you got so yeah so last 
yesterday was my last day at my old job. Um, and I started during that week vacation, a new job where I'm doing like crisis admin work for, um, an organization who's heavily involved in the black lives matter movement. They just have been flooded with support over the last month and needed help sorting through emails and processing requests and things like that. So I'm doing some crisis. For them. Okay. That sounds yeah. more aligned with what you like to do. Yeah. It's been it's been good so far. Um yeah, so thank you so much for being my first guest. I so appreciate it. I'm so excited. And um also to your point about boundaries. You were like one of the first people that I remember like as an adult really like clearly setting a boundary and I remember being like oh, wow, I can't believe she just said that. But now I'm like doing the same thing. No, I don't want to talk about that right now with you. I don't have the capacity for that. And I really look up to you for that. So thank you for modeling that for me. Um, thank you, everybody who tuned in. Thank you to everybody who's supporting this work on Venmo, PayPal, Patreon, all those good places. Again, this is a completely self-funded project. So if you're able to support in any way, whether it's sharing or sending funds, um, those will get funneled back into this project. So if you need that information, the link is in my bio on Instagram. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I think we did it. I think we did a podcast. Yeah. Thank you to you. Um, thank you for your time and your energy and your drive to just like start a whole ass podcast and like talk about something that is so important for us to talk about in our communities. Um, so shout out to you for doing it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is another thing that was born during my week off. I was like, I should make up another new job for myself. I'm going to host a podcast about resting. <laughs> uh, somebody asked what the Venmo is. It's my name. It's Laura Edmondson. And if you want to like specify that this is for the podcast, you can just say that. Um, the link is also in my description bio on Instagram. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Monse, for your beautiful insights and sharing all of your experience. And tune in next week. We're going to have Katie Grable, Around the World in Katie Days. She's going to be our guest next week. So check back. Same day, probably not the same time. We'll see. Watch my feed. I'll let you know. Rest well, and I'll see you next week. Good. Bye. Bye.